0: bitterly disappointed. Uh, disappointed with the two goals we conceded. It's poor from our point of view. And whilst we didn't have a, a clutch of chances, we had some good chances that we didn't take. And that, in essence, is the game in a nutshell.
1: Yes, you're listening to episode number 86 of the Grand Old Podcast. 85 episodes have gone before, guys. We've done happy ones. We've done euphoric ones. We've even done the odd emotional one. This could well be the angriest one yet. Um, John, when we left us on the uh, the preview to the Big Rangers game um, Your final words on the podcast To remind you of a happier time in our lives uh, okay. Where I don't think I can do another autopsy So let's hope <laughs> it's a party
2: Well, I'm afraid, John, this is no party Right, well, I'm just going to fire in my hot question Because I've been kind of dying to ask you all day But we've all off been doing nice things That are away from Celtic today both of you, I want to hear from you as both of you. I want you to speak, and then I'm going to come in and, and see what I think because I, I don't even you know sh- yet.
1: Should we introduce the other guy in the
0: podcast first? Well, maybe? It's Paul. It's Paul.
2: Knows I'm, Paul. I'm, back <laughs> <again>. Paul. <laughs>
0: I'm back again.
2: Right. Hot question. If you are Celtic, do you fire Neil Lennon?
1: Controversial. CM. See, see this working I've got here That's all an answer to your question So I, c- I can't simply put it into one answer But um, I'll elaborate on later But no, I don't Paul? Okay.
0: Paul. I, I thought controversially But um, I would agree with that I, I think the answer is no At the moment
2: What's, what's your reasoning behind that? Then? What what are you seeing? Do you think this is n- like Neil Lennon's time to prove That he is as good a manager As his trophy haul at Celtic suggests? Do you think he has what it takes to turn this
1: around? I'm trying to work out how I simplify everything that I've written for the last half an hour, um, and and don't take up half an hour of speaking. Um, quite simply, you know, simplifying it all. Um, I think we have two challenging a run of games coming to. Get rid of Neil Lennon and end up with Let's face it, John Kennedy Or Strachan or O'Neal Or someone of that ilk in charge I think we stand more of a chance of Saving this season with Lennon in charge Than we don't um, But saying all that, I have
2: absolutely No faith in Neil Lennon, if that makes Any sort of sense Right, well let's get into the match then We better, we better um, recap what's actually happened For anyone who's just arrived from the moon <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, well quite simply, we lost 2-0 at home to Rangers, that, that kind of sums it up, Glenn Kamara ran the show, that that kind of tells you all you need to know, um, a horrible, horrible afternoon, I don't know about you guys, but completely put me in a massive downer, but, but more than a downer, like actual physical rage at points over the last 36 hours or so, um, it's not been a nice weekend for me, I'm sure it's not been a nice weekend for you two, nor all of our listeners. Um I, I Actually, it's one of the games. Sometimes you come and do these podcasts and you know where you want to start and you know the areas you want to deal with and you know how they, you want the podcast to end. With this podcast, I don't know. I'm really struggling to, to you know, qualify what happened yesterday.
0: There's there's one thing, right, I'll start us off then. There's one thing, and I think it's key, and I think Neil Lennon got m- massively wrong, and it's Klamala up front. Oof. I think a lot of people, when they when we spoke on the podcast you reminded us last week or uh, during the week that there was one thing we, couldn't, we could be sure of and it wasn't, going to be, it was going to be him not starting the game that obviously got proven wrong but I think the way that we described it and the, our arguments that we put forward um, were, were, were right and were proven right like what did he do during the game? I don't remember any real input from him He oh, had 12 touches Paul? 12 touches of the ball, right Okay, right. that, that, that just sums it up that he, he did nothing. We no, obviously, we had no shots and target across the whole team. Um, he did nothing that I can think that to hold up the ball. He did nothing to, to prove that he was going to be the starting striker. And, and Neil Lennon, in his initial comments after the match, he's, he's already thrown him under the bus. He's saying he's the fourth striker. Um, if you're the fourth striker at Celtic, you're used to sitting on the bench, maybe coming off, having an impact. He's maybe done that in a couple of games. Did Lennon say that? He said that we were missing the crucial three or something along the lines, and and Edward Griffiths and Ayeti, he said that Ayeti and Griffiths weren't fit, which is another point I was, like, that's a massive concern at this stage in the season, that Hmm. these guys, I know obviously Ayeti's coming back from an injury, Griffiths is not coming back from an injury and he's not fit. How yeah, I mean the, the concern. I, I is would huge. Started,
2: I would have started Griffiths. Like, has is, is Griffiths ever been fit? At Celtic has he ever be been at peak fitness? You know, for me, yesterday was a game for for Lee Griffiths. If Albini is a doubt coming back from his hamstring injury, and Edward never had a chance of playing, it, it turned out. Um, for me, I would have preferred uh, G- Griffiths at 80 percent than a that was probably always going to be ineffective. I, the worrying thing for me about the performance was that I don't think the Celtic team believed they could beat Rangers yesterday. And I don't think, from the sound of Neil Lennon's comments, you know, before and after the game, complaining about the players that are missing, for me, I don't think Neil Lennon believed his team could beat Rangers yesterday. And this is a real problem. Um, Neil Lennon's supposed to be a motivating man manager. If he's not doing that at Celtic, what is he doing? And if we consider that Rangers have the better of us in these derbies or, or have done for you know four or five of the the last six, what does that say about Lennon's future as as Celtic manager? Now I didn't, I've not answered the question of whether I think we should let Lennon go. You know I'm I'm always an optimist and I, I actually love Neil Lennon. I'm a massive fan of him. I'm a massive fan of what he's given to the club. But I just have a real concern that he's not going to turn this around. But ultimately, I don't think it matters what we say. Um, I know that's a stupid thing to say at the start of a podcast. Um, but I think this. What what is important to say is this upcoming period is huge. It's make or break for Lennon. And you look at a run of fixtures is go- this is going to take care of it itself. Either we're going to improve our performances. Fantastic. We're going to pick up big wins. Or or to be honest, Neil Lennon is going to go. I think that he's Yeah. I think that I'm actually surprised that the calls for him to go from from the online support and basically the Celtic support is all online now given that nobody can attend matches. I'm surprised that the the strength of feeling I thought that was maybe just an earjet reaction to yesterday's defeat. People calling for him to go. But it's actually survived 24 hours now, and I think when it gets to that point, it means it's going to persist going forward. And if we go into this run of games and and pick up some poor results, no matter the strength of the sides that we're facing, I just don't see a way back. And 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 it's the lack of belief that's telling me that in that team. Callum McGregor kind of alluded to. it, He said he, they probably didn't have the belief to beat Rangers. I think when your future captain's saying that, then there's 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 issues in that dressing room. Something's going on behind the scenes. Something's going on there and I'm not, I don't have any information on that, that's not an in the no comment and I know I'm, I'm going on a bit now but I just want to say that let's look at the, the run of events here. Getting beat by Fern Schwarz. Neil Lennon comes out and eviscerates his team, says some of them don't want to be there. Does he drop the players that he's talking about, that everyone thinks he's talking about? No, right in the team again. Right in this team. Why is he playing them if he feels like that? What, do they have any belief in him at all? Do they trust him? Does he trust them? There's problems here. There's, there's. It's obvious, given the way we've been playing all season. Compared to the way we were playing last season, these are the same players. It's the same manager. Mm. Something's gone wrong here. Um, and it needs. It's going to come to a head either way. I think over the next six weeks. Um. So I think it's almost irrelevant. That's why I want to start the podcast like this because it's going to be. It's the question that's going to be hanging over us the whole podcast. I think it's irrelevant whether we think Neil Lennon should go or not. I think we're going to find out very shortly. People will
1: make the comparison between Neil Lennon and Brendan Rodgers. That, that's a comparison a lot of people are making because they look at the Brendan Rodgers team and the way they played and they had a very defined way of playing. For me, you know, a year pretty much to the day, a year ago in a very different world in more than one way, we were beating Lazio home and away under Neil Lennon. And you look at where that team is now compared to that team that beat a top Italian team, home and away. Forget Brendan Rodgers, something has badly gone wrong in the last 12 months. Are this team going to win the league with Neil Lennon in charge? For me, you know, this is going to be the podcast of questions. That's the basic one for me. Paul... Are this team, with Neil Lennon in charge, going to turn it
0: around and win the league? I think the key thing that we need to look at... Uh, is a
1: politician's is answer.
0: We, <laughs> we, we, we can. That, that is a proven... fact, he has the proven track record that he is a winner who can win games no matter how much pressure the team or himself is under. And He's dug us out
2: of holes before, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, he has. And I think the one thing he... I would ask you guys to to look back on and and maybe the listeners as well as the Scottish Cup final. We we get over the line. We we win another cup, and then Neil Lennon gets offered the job. Can you remember your emotions before the announcement that he was offered the job, and um and then afterwards? To to quote Neil Lennon, my heart sank. So that that is that is the feeling for me that's came back around now, that that feeling was there for a while obviously we were straight into summer break and then we came back qualifiers disappointing anyway we, we improved in Europe and obviously went on to, to great things and it was largely forgotten about because of the success that we had and then mm-hmm. a poor run of games, disappointing performances, um, defeats against Rangers although obviously we, we won the league um, we won the league cup and we've obviously still got the Scottish Cup from last season to play Um but does that just pull the wool over the eyes of what is really going on? As John said, there's something something more to it. So by all means I think yes, absolutely Neil Lennon can still win us this this tenth league title in a row. But there is big, big questions over how that happens and what, what needs to, to happen to, to make that a fact.
2: It's fifty fifty, isn't it? And I think that you know it's not just that we've been beaten by Rangers. You know, I can take a defeat to Rangers. It's the way we've played. It's the way we've played in these games. And we didn't have a shot on target against Rangers at home. There's, there's honestly just no excuse for that, really. Yeah. And you know, given the way our position is, we we run a Twitter account and we've got a YouTube channel and stuff. We see a lot of feedback from what the, the supporters are thinking and feeling. And one thing that struck me there was a lot of replies to our YouTube videos, basically saying, you know, from older guys who have been around for a, for decades, saying it's maybe the worst performance they've ever seen against Rangers ever. Um, And I was trying to think of a worse one that I could think of during my days of supporting Celtic over the last 20, 25 years. And to be honest, I can't think of one off the top of my head. And even looking into some of the results, obviously we've had some major defeats, but to to, to not have any shots on target and to be so toothless against them, um, regardless of the players that were out. And I think another good point is that for all the players that we had out, you know Lennon had basically all summer signings available. To him. Um, there's a lot of talent in that squad. He's been building this squad for the last twelve months. It's not as if this isn't his team. Um, if we can't cope with four or five players being out and not even be competitive against Rangers, then that point, again, that points to a bigger problem. For for all the excuses that are made, and and. If they're valid if you think they're valid excuses, that's fine. But even the best excuses, I don't think, legislate for for what we've seen yesterday.
1: I must admit the the thought of whether that was the, the poorest performance I've ever seen against Rangers crossed my mind. Certainly at Celtic Park it is. Um, and I've seen us lose as you know, four-one, three-one. Um at Ibrooks have had a few that have probably been as bad, one of them under Neil Lennon not so long ago, the 2-0 the defeat we had and when the, but that was when the league had already been won, so you kinda had that to fall back on. For me, Saturday was like the performances we put into against them under Rodgers when they had like Pedro Caixinha in charge. I remember a game, I think it was the first one of the season, maybe three years ago, at Ibrooks when we won 2-0, Rogic and Griffiths scored, and we didn't even play that well. We played well within ourselves and we won easily. Rangers played well within themselves on Saturday and won easily. That is the most concerning thing for me that that was a Pedro Caixinha against Brendan Rodgers performance from us yesterday. Rangers, I don't want to use the phrase they didn't break (laughs) sweat, but Rangers must have... I was chatting to... I do have Rangers pals. I was chatting to one of them and he says they've played much better this season against other Scottish teams. He said that was just for them an average performance and it was about as easy a win they've had. They're coming to Celtic Park. Glenn Kamara is taking the piss out of our midfield, guys.
2: Like, where do we draw the line? Right, hold hold on though, because I think... Also, another thing that's kind of bugged me in the aftermath of all this is that the lack of recognition that Rangers have been building towards us for three years and actually have a very organised setup with a good coaching team in place with Michael Beale behind Stephen Gerrard and and the rest the rest of that Liverpool lot. Um, they're a cohesive coaching unit, and I, I don't think we are at all. Like, who's who's Gavin Strachan? Who brought him into the club? Like, I'm not sla- I'm not singling Gavin Strachan out. Like I'm not I'm not privy to any information, but is he Lennon's man? Is he John Kennedy's man? Is he Peter Lowell's man? Who who who's does Lennon have a coaching team in place he, he wants to work with and likes working with? Does we know Stephen Gerrard does? Mm-hmm. And and you're seeing Glenn Camara there and he's garbage and all the players are garbage. The fact of the matter is that they're a better team than us at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, it's not nice for me to say that. I'm not trying to blow smoke up their arse as a functional unit going forward and defending. They're better than us. And I think we need to come to that realisation. And I think coming to that realisation helps us see the magnitude of what's happening here. We we can no longer say Rangers are garbage and, and laugh at them anymore because we're not in that position anymore. And we need to raise our game and reach the level... Um, That we know we're capable of And if that involves letting go of Neil Lennon Then that's what has to happen Um, I don't think it should happen tomorrow I'm not someone calling for his head right now But again, you know, the next few weeks are are just so crucial
1: Yeah, I think we should continue this Neil Lennon conversation Because it's such an important one Paul, I'll get you in in a wee second If you guys would just mind indulging me for a little bit of time And I'll just work my way through some of the notes I've made I've tried to take a balanced look at, at Neil Lennon's second stint at the club Because I like to think we're a balanced podcast. We look at things and we we tell it as it is and and we let other people decide. Um, Brendan eh, Brendan Rodgers, geez, good start. Neil Lennon has won four trophies since returning um, and he's also in a semi-final. Now, two of those were won basically, partly by Brendan Rodgers. He's failed in the Champions League twice, badly. However, he has probably done okay in the Europa League, although I would argue that's still maybe mixed. His league record in his second stint um, reads played 51 won 41, drawn six, and lost four. Now, I would argue that's a pretty good record. 41 wins out of 51. However, three of those four defeats have come against Rangers. In terms of big games, so derbies, games at Hampden, Europa League, Champions League qualifiers, Rangers, he's played six, he's won three of those, and he's lost three. He's been outplayed in four of them, possibly even five looking at it. Champions League, Europa League games, he's got Cluj, Copenhagen and Ferencvaros as really bad. Black Marks, strikes, whatever you want to refer to them as. Um, however, as I say, has had some good results against Lazio. If we bring it to this season, 14 games we've played this season in all competitions, I've categorised them into good, average and awful. I think five of the performances have been good. Hamilton, K.R. Reykjavik, Motherwell, Ross County, um, and Hibbs. I think we've been okay in three games, St Mirren, Livingston and Sarajevo and I think we've been awful in six of the games, Kelly, Dundee United Ferencvaros, Riga, St Johnson and yesterday. Now we've been awful in six out of 14 games and three of them are in our last five fixtures is this a team that is going through a blip anymore Paul? Can we say this is still a blip or is this, like I think it may be what
0: we're going to see from now on? Let let me play devil's advocate then, and take your arguments and and turn them round. So, the Rangers team that we've seen playing really well, and the Rangers team that have that have beat us um, in four of Lennon's losses, um, three times, have not won any trophies, and they still don't have that. No. I think I think it's a key thing to look it's at, and important. it's not just because right they're not winning trophies, but I think the the key the next key thing to look at under that measure is that there's one cup up for grabs next is the Scottish Cup from last season, and we are two games away, 180 minutes away from winning that. Rangers don't have a chance of winning that. That is a a mental thing that we could use against them. It's a mental ladder that Neil Lennon could climb and give them that. So you look at that as a positive um, Yeah, that's a good point you look at the the three the three losses against rangers but you, you, you take out the aim you have one loss against another team that is um Livingston. thats- that's surely a positive to look at as well because we are beating um the majority of the other teams in scottish and domestic football um then you look at the fact that europe um how many fans are thinking that europe is not on their Radar it's not on the agenda this season. We maybe have a an nice wee fairy tale against um, AC Milan, and we 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 qualify for the last 32 but ten in a row is the, is the key thing this year. Um, so you can arguably, I, don't, I personally don't believe this, but you arguably could could dis- dismiss it um without much thought, apart from the financial side of things. Um, and then there is the one thing you look at and it's I think John, if we go back to maybe podcast six or seven, you, I remember speaking about this um, well before uh, Lennon came back. You always said that Neil Lennon would return for ten in a row, and he's here just now. So, is it a fairy tale thing that, that we we have to have these ups? Uh, they have to have these downs to get the ups back when when the, the the transfer window opens in January and we we go on a wee run of winning games and the the form comes back as as Neil Lennon the man to, to lead us there. These things don't happen by magic, though,
2: Um right? And and I get all those points, but I'm going to just bring Hamish's question right back at you. For all those points and right, they're fair enough. Do you think this is a blip, or do you think this is just the status quo at Celtic now, Paul?
0: I I think this is is a is a real concern. I don't think it's a blip anymore. I think you can count half a dozen games is pro- probably a blip but this has been even with the games you, you've highlighted Hamish that have been good this season they have not came in any sort of consistency they have been dotted about where we, we've seen you go back to the first game of the season and you wait three or four weeks before you get another decent league yeah. performance it's it's not as if they're, we're getting any, any sort of run any sort of um, good fashion of scoring goals I know we've scored a couple of goals in, in some of these games the Ross County game and Hamilton game but we're not firing on all, all cylinders. Our strikers aren't scoring goals. I know. a uh, yet had a good start. Edward's been poor. We've not got strikers fit. It's just it's there's something drastically wrong, um, from all angles. I think the way just now it's there's, there's we can't. I don't think you can pass this off as a, as a bad run of form anymore.
2: Another pertinent question for me. Is this irrelevant? Because I know I'm talking about irrelevance a lot tonight not trying to make myself sound like a fool is the whole discussion irrelevant because the club are never going to bring in a replacement with ambition who replaces Neil Lennon do you trust the club to bring in the right person was bringing in Brendan Rogers a stroke of good fortune given his familial or supposed familial connections with the club is it it pointless to discuss sacking and Neil Lennon because we're going to end up with John Kennedy we're not going to bring in a manager of quality who can... Re- what what needs to happen here is we need we need to raise standards at the club. We need this mentality, this Premier League mentality back at the club that Brendan Rodgers undoubtedly brought to the club and it seems to have walked out the door with him. And that's not acceptable in my opinion. I'm not laying that at the feet of Neil Lennon. He is who he is. The club appointed him knowing who he is. So we can't suddenly turn around and be surprised that it might be going a little bit pear-shaped and that Lennon in 2020 might not be um, of the calibre that we need to, to push on to further success. But are we going to bring in a Premier League calibre manager as someone who can raise standards again? I don't think I trust the club to do that. And that's why... Um, I'm frustrated as well because I don't think we've got the hierarchy in place that can can move us forward.
1: Listen, if I could sit here and say Neil Lennon goes out tomorrow and we bring Eddie Howe in and, you know, we win the league or whatever, I'd, I'd be all for that. That is why I came to the conclusion with everything considered that Neil Lennon shouldn't go because, let me ask you this, if we get rid of Neil Lennon now, what happens? First of all, and it's something nobody's really considered, his Celtic legacy is tarnished massively because... He's been sacked slash left in the biggest season in our club's history. He couldn't guide us to the ten on his own, so his legacy still probably remembered as a good Celtic man, a player, and probably a manager. But it's tarnished massively.
2: He, he won the nine Hamish. Like I'm never going to forget the way he came back to the club. But and, you, you and might not. But, out with that, but you know that the rest of the support of won, won us eight and nine in a row.
1: It's a fair. It's a fair point. I think a lot of people would, and I certainly it would. It would change my look in the whole thing in terms of away from Neil Lennon. We go into these season-defining games. We've all talked about how big these games are. I don't even need to list them off, but they're absolutely massive. Season-defining. We go into them with. Let's be honest. John Kennedy caretaker manager. They're not unless unless <laughs> they've got someone waiting in the wings. And if it's someone waiting in the wings, you know it's either going to be. Gordon Strachan, or it's going to be Martin O'Neill. Jesus we we go into one of those. <laughs> You're saying Jesus Christ, but th- like that's what's staring us down. If we sack Neil
2: I'm, Lennon, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, you. you know, I, I don't think that's an outrageous statement to make because I think that's exactly what the <laughs> club could do. <laughs> um, oh, think,
1: so, so, w- w- so these massive. That... Sorry, Paul. These, these massive games. Um, we go into them, and for me, if we go in with John Kennedy and this current group of players. We lose three or four of them, and for me, our season is ruined. We say goodbye to ten in a row without the Europa League. We probably lose at Hamden against Aberdeen, which I don't even really care about anymore, to be honest. With it, I think with Neil Lennon in charge, as crazy as this sounds, we have a small chance that he gets it right and we get out of this. I think if we get rid of him, um, I know you get manager bounces and all that, but I, I just don't see it going into those fixtures, Paul.
0: I, I was just going to say, I think one point that. They- that we haven't addressed and uh, how irrelevant this is or not, but Neil Lennon's been backed in this transfer window in, this, in these last few months. He He's has. been backed by the club um, and they've put their faith in him to bring these players in. How Obviously, it's very different sitting here watching after one defeat against Rangers and the fact that they'll be weighing it up on the business side of things for the months and years to come. They're not going to judge this on... One like what they're not going to judge lacks out one one game, like they're not going to judge like a eh, Kalamala on half a dozen games. the they, they're, they're only going to judge these players on on what they will bring. And Neil Lennon, I imagine, has said to them, "This is this is a team that I want to build." He's got a lot of these target men. If we let him go now, another manager comes in or a caretaker comes in, and doesn't fancy these players, then then what what do we do? Um, for the next two months, we've got it's a long time till January. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of games in December, so it's it's a it's a big it's a big question that the board need to answer. And I, I think it's probably a moot point because I think we all know that the the, the chances of the board saying bye bye to Neil Lennon are relatively slim unless we go on a on a on a run of losing all three of these important European games and and dropping points at Aberdeen and getting knocked out the Scottish Cup, then then they might decide that the drastic action is taken. But I think the panic will not be there yet for, from them. Um, I think the, the noise from the support on social media will be, will be blurred out by the track record um, and the, the acumen that he holds, rightly or wrongly, for, for what he's done so far.
1: John, are we in the position now where we're trying to win the league in spite of defeats against Rangers and and is that a possibility? Can this team lose their other three derbies against Rangers and still win the league and is that a possibility of of where we are at the moment?
2: Um, God, that's a good question.
1: Um, (laughs) I come up with them every kind of six months or so.
2: (laughs) I think that, I don't think we can win the league if we we don't figure out a way to beat Rangers. Um, That's my gut feeling on it. You know, I'm not... I'm not going to say that's impossible, you know. But I think that we need to figure out how to beat this Rangers team, and I'm just worried that Neil Lennon thought this three-five-two is the way to do it. And you know that was speculation in January when everyone went away to Dubai, and they came back with a few new formation off the back of a defeat to Rangers, and everyone was waiting for them to unleash it um, against them at Ibrox before the curtailment of the season. And my worry is now that. We're back to the, well. I think we are back to the drawing board. I think it's quite apparent. I think that whatever lineup we had yesterday, whatever shape or um, supposed tactics, and I've seen a lot of people saying that they didn't see any tactics. I think it's clear that there's a new approach good. And if we do have ambitions to to win the league this season, I think we need to figure that out. And I think we do need to. I think we need to win the next derby. I honestly can't see Rangers dropping that many points. I know Paul might disagree with that. Um, based on the, the fact that they've they've dropped more points than us going into the derby than. Um, but I just think that that win yesterday is a big thing for them, and I think that, you know, they I don't think they dropped any points after European games last year, no. until the knockout stage. I think after their group games last season, I don't. I I think I'm right in saying they didn't drop any points. So I'm not even falling back on that. The, this is a good Rangers team at Scottish Premiership level and Europa League level and I think for anyone who wants to to say otherwise is is sadly mistaken
1: they've also had you know their tough run of fixtures just out of the way there they've been to Easter Road they've also been to Patojic at the start of the season they've been to Fur Park they've now been to Celtic Park we've not been to, to any of those venues I don't think but we will in the next six or seven weeks uh, Paul you're always the the optimist we love you for it give us the give, give us reasons for a bit of hope uh, the, uh, the fact that we're only a point behind if we win our game in hand the fact that you know we could turn it around and get that winning momentum
0: I wish I could um, no. <laughs> Jesus Oh no, you know, right. everyone was are screwed the podcast oh, Paul's <laughs> lost faith um, that's it that's,
2: we're not doing any more podcasts Jesus oh.
0: no, th- there's of course, there's there's going to be now, now I would say before yesterday I said that the, the the pressure was on Rangers rather than the pressure was on us, um because of various circumstances going into the game, that we're the league champions they they should be the ones that are putting uh having to win the games and and they did that they answered pretty much every question that was asked of them against us now they have to do that against other sides, and although. John will say That they're, they're a better team And I, I completely agree With, with the, the sentiment That they're, they're a better team And they can win matches There's still The question of pressure When it comes to them When when teams change up um, Their tactics against them You've seen the Hibs team Playing Pressing against them And mm. getting the result other teams can do that There are teams in this league That can give Celtic and Rangers A decent run um, and We've seen we've seen it against us Obviously we've, we've not been performing Brilliantly And we've seen teams take the game to us and, and cause us issues And I think that will happen This season I think the more pressure That gets on Rangers the, Then that's when the questions Have to be answered and, and although we're directly After a 2-0 win for Rangers Against us It's hard to say right, we need to wait four weeks down the line and say, right, have they answered more questions? The thing that that worries me is that they now have that buffer of being able to go seven points clear. Um, I think they, they played before us at the weekend, so the pressure will be on us now um, if they manage to do that. But then, Can you imagine during the week, just throw away the European results, you go to the weekend, Rangers draw their game, and we're going into that game knowing that we claw back the two points that that we lost. I think they do play after us. Yeah, I think they play after us. If they play
2: after us, right. my, My counter to this, Paul, and I understand what you're saying about the pressure, and they haven't won a trophy. Did you not think, though, one of the disconcerting aspects of yesterday's performance was... How emotionless Rangers were. Um, I think what's really got the better um, in recent seasons has been this boom-bust cycle, where they get very excited about their chances, go quite over the top about how yeah. they're feeling, and then when they defeat, it's just like a complete you know, apocalypse. Um, I think this season, I think that, I think, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm praising Rangers too much. I'm not trying to do it deliberately, and I'm not trying to wind anyone up, but... I feel like Gerrard learned learned
0: from that. No, I know. I, think, I know uh, exactly. What you mean. I mean, that, that was a point I was going to raise because even though, even on social media, there was the usual the gloating and the of oh, just turn Celtic over in their own backyard. But there wasn't that we've just yeah. won the league mentality that that maybe December's game had that with the the Gerrard shooting the camera and all that kind of part. They they have they have. Um, mellowed it down it was
2: just a very professional performance on Saturday yeah. I,
0: they're, they're,
1: they're, I mean I don't know if you guys are referring to just the team or their fans as well but certainly from the, the Rangers fans I've spoken to and I've only spoken to two but they have both said to me we've won nothing yet and a year ago they'd be saying we're going to win the league like it seems as if the whole place just realises that they've still got a way to go but they let's make no bones about it they're in the driving seat here and, and everyone knows it and I'm massively massively concerned so concerned um it's all i've thought about for the last 36 hours since the game um i know we've won nine in a row but for me if we don't win the league this year we've for me the way i look at it <laughs> the last decade has been wasted and i i, I can't help <laughs> that's the way i look no, at no, no, no. it and, and no, i am no, no. i am absolutely terrified um I'm terrified. that In the tenth season, the season that I and every other Celtic fan has wanted us to win the league more than any other in previous history, we're going to go up in smoke. I think it, there's a genuine chance here that, that we win two of our next seven or eight games.
2: I understand why you feel like that the, the decade pattern, but it's it's not it's not it's not true. And I I think that I, no one can take the nine in a row away from us. I think the. I understand the pressure of ten in a row, but I understand everyone will be bitterly disappointed. But you know, and unfortunately, this is this is football. This is this is what happens. We have no right to ten in a row. We do have no divine right to it. Um, and and that's just the way that competitive sport works. It doesn't for me. It doesn't take away the good memories of of the last decade. I think of the invincible season. You know, I think of Neil Lennon winning trophies when he was first at the club. You know, I even had good time watching Celtic during the dialer and and for for me personally, and I understand why you feel like that, but for me personally, it doesn't take away from that, and I I don't think it's fair to to I don't think it's fair to to kind of put that around the necks of this team. Um, I think they've got to find their own desire to win because, for again, for me, it's become quite apparent that. And and perhaps it was always naive to think so, but obviously 10 in a row doesn't mean as much to the players as it does to us. So they've got to find their own motivation for winning this league. For For the last few years, I think it's been about stamping authority on Rangers and resurgent Rangers and, and them being criticised in the press. And you know what? For all for all Paul's crumbs of comfort there, the, the actual biggest crumb of comfort for me is that um, Celtic like to prove people wrong and, and there's going to be an avalanche of... Negative opinion and punditry over the next couple of weeks, and maybe that's maybe that's the fire that Celtic need to respond. Maybe that's what that maybe that's the motivation they need. Maybe it's their reputation. Maybe they're, they're, if they're playing for themselves, maybe it's that. Um, and that, as much as anything, gives me hope that we can start to pick up some positive results. Sometimes Celtic, and this has been the case throughout history, are at their best when they're the underdogs. Um, and that's that's the crumb kind
0: of comfort I'm taking. I think one one key point with that is I think that you see the individuals they're playing for themselves if, if they're not taking it as a as a whole club mentality. You've got players that have signed for us recently who are under no illusions, and we are under no illusions that they're here for long term. They're not here for five or six seasons. They're here for a couple of years. They're going to bump up the value. They're going to get their move to whatever league that they the team that comes in interested and they're going to make their money in, in the, this short career that they have. But if they don't do that with a Celtic team in this season, then that slowly kind of fades away. Then you look at players like Edward is the one that, that completely jumps to mind, although four or five games is not a def- defining for him at all. But if he starts next week or he starts on Thursday night and, and he doesn't show what he's made of, then questions start to get asked. And these players are, are not going to sit back and let their own reputations be tarnished by letting teams like Kilmarnock or or Ross County beat us um, and out ta- out foxes and on in the tactics and stuff like that. One thing I want to say, Hamish is I have thought thought of something positive, so that will maybe bring you back. Um, is that although we have got tough tough games to come, um, I think when we get to the next game against Rangers. There is, this is going on, on the record that, that we will still be within two points or three points of them and if we win that game we will go top of the league again. I don't think there will be any sort of big gap when we get to that game. It's
2: fair enough to to say that. Um, I, I understand Hamish's point about the two out of seven and all that because for all we're saying about the players um, ultimately it comes back to how organised and how the team's set up and it comes back to Neil Lennon and it's about whether you have faith in Neil Lennon to get out of this whole or, or whether you don't, um, I think all three of us, I think if we look deep down within ourselves, with our own thoughts at night, <laughs> without broadcasting our opinions, we'd probably say that we don't have the faith in Neil Lennon. Um, and that's a sad state of affairs, and it's up to him to prove us wrong. I'm not going to sit here and slate Neil Lennon, but I will say that, Neil Lennon, I have lost faith in you, a little bit. Um, so if you want to prove me wrong, I'm, I'm be delighted. To be delighted if you prove all the haters wrong, prove everyone doubting you're wrong. That would nothing would make me happier. But the sad reality is that I think us three have lost it with Neil Lennon and it's up to him to, to show us what he's got now.
1: Right guys, Celtic's performance on Saturday was Boz, it's fair to say, and there's <laughs> a a certain irony there because I'm delighted to announce that the Grand Old Podcast has now entered into a partnership with Manscaped, a company who, it's fair to say, helps you take care of your boss. That means if you fancy a bit of the old male grooming and you're a listener of this podcast, which you probably are, you can go online and get 20% off your Manscaped order. Simply go to manscaped.com and use the code GRANDPOD. That's GRANDPOD, one word, to get 20% off. Um, we'll stick the description, uh, or we'll stick the link in the description too, so you can click on it and find it easily. Um, Manscaped are good enough to, to send us all out some some stuff. I know Paul, you certainly get
0: involved with your was it the lawnmower or something they call it? Is it the, the lawnmower three point oh. I'll i not go into <laughs> details, but um, very nice products, and uh, it was great to, to to try them out. Definitely.
2: Point out to the listener, Paul is not showing off um, the. You know the fruits of his labour with that We're not seeing how he's actually managed to get on there Um, But we'll just have to take his word for that
1: (laughs) Yeah so if if you want to to get involved in the party Which us three certainly have been As I say you can just go online Manscaped.com Use the code GRANDPOD And you get 20% off your order So you can help yourself out Help your areas out And also help the podcast you love out Um, So get doing that and um, yeah, help the podcast out We'd really appreciate it And more than anything else Manscaped are a really good company Right, moving on from that We're obviously back in action, guys On Thursday night I don't really even want to have to think about Going up against One of the best teams in Italy right now, given how we're sitting at the moment. Um, But we are playing AC Milan uh, Thursday night in our first Europa League game. I'm delighted to say that we've got a bit of Serie A expertise coming on the podcast now with uh, Sam Brooks. Now he's written for Get Italian Football News, 90 Min and many more um, publications. Sam, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Good weekend in terms of the Italian
3: football, wasn't it? Loads of games, loads of goals. Yes, quite similar to uh, England at the moment, actually, with the Premier League. So many goals flying in. Um, You know, we've had some four threes. um, Yeah, so many goals. I I think we're averaging about five goals a game this weekend in Serie A. So the uh, stereotype that Serie A football is boring uh, is definitely not true anymore.
1: I saw a bit of the, the Milan derby um, yesterday, I tried to console myself with a bit of good football and, and for anyone that doesn't know AC Milan won this 2-1, uh, Zlatan scored a double for them with um, Lukaku scoring for Inter Milan, um, what, what was the game like and, and how did Milan look? AC that is.
3: Yeah I was very impressed with them actually, um, I think a lot of people expect Inter to be challenging for the title this year whilst... Milan are sort of just trying to get back in that top four. They haven't been in the Champions League for a while. Um, but Milan ended last season really strongly and they've carried that into this season. And I, I thought they fully deserved their win yesterday. Looked, looked really good on the counter-attack. Um, they've got a very young squad at the moment, obviously with the exception of Zlatan, who's, who's now 39 but still going strong. Um, but it's a young squad, very uh, hungry team who are all... They've been building throughout the year, actually. They've only lost a couple of times in the whole of 2020. And, um, yeah, I was really impressed with them yesterday because that was their first big test of the season. They'd had quite a kind fixture list before then. But uh, they really stood up well yesterday and and deserved the three points.
2: One question I I have, Sam, is my thought, you know, and I I recognise Latan's, you know, a a fantastic player and their main man. Is there a chance that he doesn't play on Thursday? Because I think Milan have Roma next Monday night. Is there a chance that they kind of rest Latam for the Europa League and just keep him from Syria? I
3: think that there is a possibility with that, yeah. Obviously, you do have to be careful because although he is a bit of a freak of nature, he is still 39. Um, and so, yeah, the game against Roma is on the Monday, so that does give him an extra day. You know, if it was Sunday, I think... There would be a very good chance he was rested with it being Monday, perhaps he does play. Um, and he's just so important to to that side, uh, not not just for on the pitch, but I think the sort of mentality that he has brought um, has really lifted the team um, since the turn of the year. Uh, but yeah, you're right, there is a chance that he will be, that he will be rotated on Thursday.
1: Yeah, they're top is Serie A at the moment, AC Milan I think I'm right in saying they're the only team with a 100% winning record um, I've also noticed they've only conceded one goal Which was obviously that one yesterday against their rivals So they're clearly a team who aren't giving away much um, Players that I was kind of impressed by yesterday um, Young winger, is it Raphael Leal? Um, he looks uh-huh, like a yep. really good player the, the kind of player that would typically hurt Celtic on a European night
3: yeah, I think um Leal is an interesting one. He's been there just over a season. Um, and I think last season there was, you know, t- typical. He's he's only about, I think, about 21. Um, and so last season it was quite typical. He was he was inconsistent, uh, had moments of real quality, along with also disappointing on occasion. And he sort of flirts between playing up front or on the left wing. Uh, yesterday he was on the left wing. And as you say, he was excellent. Set up the second goal with lovely turn of pace and then brilliant cross for Zlatan to tap in Um, so yeah I I think he is bringing uh, more consistency to his game and more quality to his game um, certainly since since the lockdown Um, whether he starts on Thursday again not too sure because he's he's not like a guaranteed starter for this team but given how well he played yesterday he could he could keep his place
1: Just another couple of players I wanted to get your your thoughts on. Some listeners, maybe slightly older listeners than myself, will maybe want to know about Daniel Maldini, who is son of Italian legend Paolo, and also Sandro Tonali, who is very much seen as, um, and tell me if I'm incorrect here, but is very much seen as being the kind of future Andrea Pirlo. Um, And I I, I know that he started at the same club as Pirlo Brescia, so um, a couple of players there maybe to watch as well.
3: Yeah, I, I think with Maldini, it's very early days. Um, obviously, his dad is arguably the greatest player to ever play for Milan, or <laughs> certainly in the argument. Um, so with that, Daniel's a completely different player. Maldini, obviously, was a left-back or a centre-back. Um, uh, Daniel Maldini is more of an attacking midfielder slash winger. So um, he's only really played a few times for the first team, given the, um, given the other options they have in his positions at the moment, it's going to be hard for him to force his way in as like an 18 slash 19 year old kid that he is at the moment. So with with him, it will be more patient and I I don't think Celtic will have to worry about him on Thursday. Um, With regards to Sandro Tonali, I think he probably will play on Thursday. Um, It's been interesting with him. He, as you say, he was at Brescia last year. Brescia got relegated, but he was by far their best player. Um, he's a player that's actually been on uh, the radar for a few years now, despite only being, I, I think he's still only 19, maybe just turned 20. Uh, but really, he was like a 16-year-old wonder kid. Um, He's come to Milan. However, he hasn't actually started for Milan that much so far this season because they've been playing a um, a double pivot in midfield of Ismael Benasser, who is one of the best central midfielders in Serie A right now. He's, he's very impressive and was linked with PSG this summer, actually. And then Frank Kessier, who uh, was really good yesterday, um, Ivorian midfielder who's, who's been at Milan for a few years now and has failed to impress for much of that time but has really formed a very strong relationship with Ben Asser. Um, But I think that Tonali uh, will get opportunities. He was like their marquee signing this summer, so they're not just going to let him stay on the bench forever. And I think Europa League will be a great chance for him to play. As for the links with Pirlo, um, I think a lot of that is to do with their haircut, to be honest. They both have, <laughs> both have quite a similar, you know, sort of lovely mop of hair shall we say Um, in terms of their style of play both very good uh, pass to the ball I feel that Tonali has a bit more bite and slightly less grace to his game he can really push forward whilst Pirlo was more of a well I think his, his nickname was sort of the pendulum he would sort of conduct the game playing passes out to the wings and whatnot. so I don't think they're too similar in their style of play but haircut wise spot on
2: any weaknesses,
3: Sam, um, in Milan? Um, yeah, there's always weaknesses inside, so, although Milan are playing very well. Um, I think, full wise the full are very good going forwards. Um, they've got Davide Calabria, who's, who's the right-back, um, another young player who's, who's had a good start to the season, and Teo Hernandez, who is seen as um, one of the best left-backs in Serie A, right up there at the moment. Uh, he came from Real Madrid last summer. Um, but there are still question marks about them defensively. So perhaps if Celtic can get um, the balls out to the, the ball out to the wings quickly and try and hurt Milan on the counter attack, um, that that could be a, a possible um, positive for Celtic.
0: Sam, is there a? You, I was just going to jump in. Is is there a feeling among the fans that um, that they want to get back to being a, one of the, the European powerhouses that they're. They're known to be from previous years, or is it a case of building on the the results from kind of July um, and starting? Obviously, the start to this league season. Um, is there a are they swaying one way or the other? Are they focused on Serie A. Are they, are they wanting a good run in Europe?
3: I think with Milan, um, obviously they're a huge club, and um, it's a club that have always challenged for silverware. Um, that is until the, you know, they, they last won Serie A in 2011 since then haven't come close at all. And they haven't been in the champions league for a while. Um, Despite their good starts to the season, I do think this year is more focused on getting back in that top four. Um, I don't think they probably will challenge for the title, although I may eat my words. You, You never know, particularly with no crowds involved. Some teams have really suited that. Um, but yeah, so realistically, I think their their chances for silverware are the Europa League and the Coppa Italia. Um, Europa League's a hell of a long competition; you have to play about forty-seven games to win it. <laughs> um, but um, I think, yeah, you know, at the start of the season, I, I haven't. I, I'm not sure what the odds are, but they should be in the top half a dozen sides to win it. So once you do get through that group stage, then. Uh, particularly if the second half of the season is gonna be one legged knockout ties as we saw last year, maybe maybe you fancy it a bit more then. So yeah, I, I think Milan, um, the Europa League is a good chance for them to try and get back amongst the silverware.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. Um kind of final question. Obviously, Celtic have recent history with, with Serie A opposition. We we played Lazio last season, we we beat Lazio twice. How do you think Celtic will be viewed as as opposition? Um, from a Milan or even an Italian point of view.
3: Yeah, I think um yeah, you know, Celtic are struggling a bit at the moment. I'm I'm sure that that's been touched on, but um <laughs> you know, Celt- Celtic are are are, are, a, are a bit club still and and they they do have um they've had some very famous nights in uh the in the Champions League and the Europa League. You know, going back to the mid 2000s, they did pull off a shock against Milan, I remember. Um so it, I don't think it would be a huge surprise if they did shock Milan. I think Milan will treat them with respect. And looking at the teams that Milan put out during the qualifying round, you know, um, as good as they've been in the league, mm. they actually nearly didn't make it through. They had that mm. ridiculous penalty shootout against Rio Ave um, a couple of weeks ago. So I think they'll treat them with respect. And I expect maybe three or four changes from the weekend, but not wholesale changes. Um, and, and yeah I expected I expected to, expect to be a good, a good game um, with, with Milan fully really focused on going for the win against, against the team that, that could cause them problems
1: Fantastic Sam um, the last kind of expert we had on the podcast was prior to when we played Ferenc Varos and our very own Paul Fisher famously butchered the Hungarian size name so I'm going to give him a shot at redemption <laughs> Paul who are our opposition on Thursday
0: night and how do you pronounce it? I, th- I think I speak for everyone saying AC
1: Milan
2: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Sam absolutely brilliant great to have you on really appreciate it and um, we'll maybe speak to you later on in the Europa League group stage as well
3: right thanks for having me on guys
1: so a big thanks to, to Sam for joining us there Um, really good analysis there I thought good to get an insight into AC Milan guys Um, just finish off the pod how are we feeling about this one Paul any chance of a a major, is it a major European scalp beating AC Milan anymore?
0: I, th- I think it is in, in, in name anyway The AC Milan are still a big side You maybe you say there's, there's comparisons with us now That, that kind of Europa League is the level The last time they were in it was a couple of years ago And I think they didn't get through the groups So um, are they any better than, than the teams that we've played Over the last few years in the Europa League? Probably not Are we playing well? No as the there's not the the famous home advantage with the, the fans and stuff like that, so um, and that side of things I probably feel the worst in terms of getting three points. If you ask me now, if we'd be happy with a draw, I'd probably say yes. But main thing I would want to see is a reaction from the players and and some sort of performance that that shows some. Belief that we can get back to winning ways and, and performing well, so I'm hopeful that we can do that. We we'll maybe get a few of the players, but we will obviously get Christy back and and Edward, and or we'll maybe have a striker that's fit to play. So we'll, we'll see how we'll see how the team react to it. But I'm not confident that we'll get all three points. But I'm, I'm I would I would fancy us for for at least a draw.
1: Yeah, um, I, I suppose lots of fans will be saying it's it's not a big game, and, and definitely the bigger one next week is Aberdeen. Although I suppose you could argue, John, that every game at the moment's big for Neil Lennon, is big and is big for this squad because every game that passes and every negative result that passes, the the pressure is just going to grow further.
2: Yeah, I know we didn't list them off because I, I I agree you don't really need to but it's Milan, Aberdeen, Leal, Aberdeen, uh, Sparta Prague, Motherwell away. Um, it's just, it's brutal, it's a brutal run of fixtures for Neil Lennon, you know, as an individual, I don't feel well placed to give a prediction about Thursday, to to be honest, because I just, I'm actually dreading it, Um, Hmm. the thought of a, the thought of an organised, confident, um, technically proficient team arriving at an empty Celtic park to play whatever we've putting out at the moment uh, honestly it just fills me with dread and um, that's the nicest thing I can say about it I'm not trying to be too negative Um, obviously I would love us to pick up a, a win and you know I'll be watching on with uh, bated breath I, I've got the day off so I'll be watching it and enjoying it as a as a, as a spectacle it's nice to see a big name at Celtic Park the Europa League is a good competition I think gets a hard reputation it's a good fixture and, and all we can do is hope for the best
1: Yeah Celtic now Lacey Milan 4 for me Um, (laughs) Right
2: guys Great to have
1: you on Um, It's been tough But hopefully it's been Mm -hmm. Kind of cathartic For for some people And we can Hopefully move on from here on to happier days, although I must say that um, I think that's in doubt at the moment. Paul Fisher, John McGinley, thank you very much. Um, Sam Brooks as well, thanks very much for joining us. Remember, Manscape.com uh, code GRANDPOD to get 20% off, and we'll speak to you very soon. And now, until next time, take care and hail, hail.